was that that scary? <laughs> Woo! Okay. We're in. <laughs> Sorry if we hurt your ears. <laughs> Welcome to the Wagyu Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Colin Greeny, joined by my co-host, Nick Musto. Follow us on Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, at Wagme Fantasy. But wait, subscribe to our newsletter, Winning with Wagme, at wagmefantasy.com. It's going to have everything you need to get ready for your draft. It's going to keep you ready inside the season. What is it called, Nick? The New York Times of Fantasy Football. Amen. Does that sound official or what? Hell yeah. Um, so what are we going to talk about today? Um, today we're going to be going over our favorite QB stacks. QB, wide receiver, QB, tight end. Um, we got we got all the stacks yes, here. It's, Get your stacks. It, yeah, it's really important um, that we talk about this because a lot of people love their stacks. Uh, it's not something I always target, but if it falls in my lap, I'm definitely going to take it. Um, because it just optimizes your lineup. It gives you more points where points come from. So it's obviously more potent in yeah. best ball format yeah, best ball um, because it, it doesn't hurt you to roster and start uh, the same quarterback mm-hmm. and wide receiver because it automatically pulls your highest starting quarterback in, or your highest scoring players rather. Um, so like, when I target stacks in a typical league, I, first of all, I don't often do it just because you perform very volatilely. Mm-hmm. Um, if your wide receivers lined up across from Darius Slayer, Jalen Ramsey, it's going to be a bad day for yeah. you. It's going to be a bad day. Um, so what kind of like stacks are we targeting with value and whatnot? So I don't go for, I'm not going to go for a stack with like Josh Allen and Stefan Dix. You spend your two first pick, your, uh, two of your two first of your three. three first three picks, yes, I should say, um, on two guys in the same offense. And when Josh Allen has a down week, Diggs has a down week. Or when uh, Gabriel Davis has a massive week, Diggs has a down week. So it's really important to not spend super high on your stack. Um, you want to target stacks that are falling in later rounds. I like so, I like value. Yeah. Um, likewise, Travis Kelsey and Patty Mahomes. You, same thing. You, it, it's really impossible to spend two that kills our rule of quarterback and tight end in the first exactly. six rounds, regardless of the team. And I'm sure as hell not doubling down on them. Um, same thing with Mark Andrews, Lamar Jackson. Who else could we say that about? Uh, Herbert Keenan Allen, I guess. Yeah. 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 That's a great one. Or, or Mike Williams. Uh, yeah. Or Mike. Bottom of the line is you can't invest too much into these stacks just because they could really burn you. It's like putting your hand on a hot stove. Yeah. You don't know if you're going to lift your hand up with skin or if it's going to be the best damn thing you've ever eaten. I've had, stacks, <laughs> <geez>. <laughs> I've had stacks in the past, and it's never something that I really go into a draft targeting. What's your favorite historical stack that you rostered? Well, I really, I really liked Dak and Dalton Schultz last year. I did. I like that. Even hey, though man. I had a – what's that? <laughs> That's one of mine. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, here you go. Why don't we talk about them real quick? Sure. Um, I, they're one of my three stacks that I'm going to highlight is rostering – or drafting, rather, Dak Prescott and Dalton Schultz. Schultz is going in the late fifth round at the 510. Dak Prescott, late sixth round, 610. Uh, so they're going back to back in top six rounds, but they're five and six. You know, it's yeah. not like you're investing a top four pick. So you likely already have your running backs and wide receivers figured out. I love QB tight end stacks, um, especially one that's affordable and elite like this one. Yeah, the main reason I always I tend to go for a QB tight end stack more so is because you can get the tight end a lot later than you can get 
either your quarterback's number one or even their number two receiver in some cases. Like just, if you had Joe Burrow, you're not. Just how great was Dalton Schultz last year with Dak Prescott? It, he was he was awesome. Since you rostered him. Yes. Uh, he was a waiver wire ad. Beautiful. Paid off beautifully. Oh, yeah. my gosh. I how high did he finish? Tight end three? Yeah. Well, four. Three or four? Was it, I think it was three. I thought it was I think three. It, it yeah. was three. You are right. He was um, a tight end three, yeah. He had a great of, finish. One of three tight ends to score over 200 points last year. And why should we expect him to regress? Like, we shouldn't. We should expect him to have a better season than he did last year, which is hard to beat tight end three. Um, but his, the number two target, possibly, debatably the number one target in, in Amari Cooper, is now gone from the offense. Michael Gallup is injured. So – it's really this receiving game is going to be held down by CD Lamb, Dalton Schultz, and then maybe James Washington or um, blanking uh, Jalen Tolbert. Jalen Tolbert, thank you, Deep guy. Yeah, Schultz had the second highest catchable target rate and target accuracy last year amongst tight ends. The Dak Prescott really leaned on him heavily, especially later in the year. I really like this duo because again, you're not investing a top four pick. You have your studs figured out. You get an elite tight end, in my opinion. I projected him to finish as tight end four this year, just behind Pitts and Andrews and Kelsey, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Dak Prescott's as solid of a QB1 as you can get. So if you can draft both of them, that's a stack that I would love to roster if I can afford it and if they just so happen to fall in my lap. Mm-hmm. I've always been high on Dak, especially for fantasy. Just the offense is too high pace. He throws too much to not have just great fantasy seasons. So now that you said your favorite uh stack that you've rostered and it was one of mine yes. actually i'm going to tell our listeners my favorite and that was tom brady and rob Gronkowski when gronk had a 17 touchdown season it's like 2012 or 11 or whatever um that was just awesome to roster them both i, I believe brady finished as a qb1 last year I'm not exactly sure but gronk had a historically great season that alone i played in a league for like from age six up with my dad's ex NCAA wrestling team. Um, and we got those two guys and they led us to a championship. So that's my favorite stack. Yeah. That I don't think there's any QB state uh, tight end stack quite like that one. Now you guys should but, be jealous of that one. Yeah. That's how good it was. Give us, give us your first stack and it, it, let us know where they're going and why they're so appealing. Okay. So, so a stack that I'm really high on, it's kind of like a dual stack. I'm good with either of the receiving end of this stack so quarterback Kirk Cousins going with the average depth position of 116 round 10 yeah so you can get him very late um and then we have either Herb Smith or Adam Thielen so this could play out two ways um if you're looking in round in and you're looking for a receiver and you see Adam Thielen earlier you take Adam Thielen now you want to wait you you analyze this you think okay what quarterback can I take in later rounds um, will go along with my roster. I'm like, okay, I got Adam Thielen late, so let me stack him with Kirk three rounds later. So it's sort of just something that makes sense if you're rostering Adam Thielen to target Kirk yeah. later. It's something that you do as you draft. It's not like something you draw yeah. out, plan to, oh, I'm going to get Kirk yeah. Cousins in round nine. And Adam Thielen as well. Yep. So uh, go ahead. Enough, so you could take the tight end in this offense too. So this would happen if you took Kirk first, and then later in the draft, you waited on your tight end, or maybe you even already have a tight end. You can take Irv Smith that late. He's going as the 136th pick. So 
round 12, 12 13. To 13. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm a big fan of Irv Smith this year. I know you are too. He came out tied 10th for my projections at tight end. Mm. Um, I just like his upside and a really good offense. Okay. So how about we move on to one? Well, of me personally, I kind of would like Justin Jefferson with Kirk Cousins. If I'm Ooh, drafting, yeah. if I'm drafting Jettis in the first round, you know, maybe I say screw quarterback. I'm going to double down and go with Kirk Cousins later. Because Cousins, to me, is like he finished as QB 11 last year. He's been pretty solid. I mean, you know how we feel about him. If you've listened to some of our sleeper picks and whatnot, we really like Kirk Cousins this year. He's going to have a career year in his first year with Kevin O'Connell. I agree. Exact same thing that happened with Matt Stafford. He goes from the Lions from being a good quarterback, very good quarterback, to just having a great season, finishing as the QB five. Yeah, I, I mean, Stafford, I feel like has been historically statistically better. dominant. Yes, he like, has he, been. Yeah. He has been a great quarterback for a while. But he was never so a has QB Kirk. five. Finishing, so has you know? Kirk. So yeah, Kirk has been a good quarterback. In six of his seven seasons as a starter, he's had four thousand plus passing yards. He's mm-hmm. never had a season with less than twenty five touchdowns. Enough uh, gawking over Minnesota. I'm going to flip it over to Tampa Bay. Another stack that isn't cheap, that cheap anyways, um, similar to Dak Prescott and Dalton Schultz. I like Chris Godwin and Tom Brady, where they're going at right now. Both are going in the middle of the sixth round. Godwin's likely going to rise. He's discounted currently. And Brady might rise as well. Um, Brady's a QB8 coming off the board. Godwin's a wide receiver 26. I expect that to rise in the middle of the teens um, now that his injury outlook is a little less gloomy. Chris Godwin's returning, and he's Brady's top option. He averaged over nine targets a game last year, had 128 targets, led Tampa Bay in just 14 games. And Tom Brady, he is 45 but like his age, just fucking throw it out the window at this real. point. Who cares? He's, He's a mortal. He finished as QB three last year, 5,300 yards, 43 touchdowns, just six interceptions. I like, we don't need to tell you how great Tom Brady is. Don't quit being in denial if you're saying, oh, he's too old. He's going to fall off. No, he's going to be. He's going to retire. He's, he's never going to fall off. He's just going to retire. He's going to be a top eight quarterback as long as he's playing. Um, So that's mine, even though it's a little less probable that you lost. It is. You're going to likely have to spend like Schultz and Prescott. You're going to have to spend two top six round picks, but it's one that I feel like is going to be pretty consistent because Godwin Mm -hmm. is the go-to guy. He's the leader in targets. It's Brady's number one option. Tom Brady threw the ball 43 times per game last year. I expect that to remain the same. Tampa Bay is still an air raid offense. I like both of those players in fantasy football this year for where they're going. Yeah, I I agree. I really like Godwin. I think that he does move up, which makes this stack a little more expensive. um, Because, I mean, I think that as we get closer to the season, as more reports come out, and if they're good in Godwin's favor, we're going to see him move up and crack. I'd say 15. Okay, all right. I'd say... Wide receiver 15 15. is going to be where he rises to. Okay, so how about I take this over, give you a cheaper stack um, in Trey Lance and Brandon Ayuk. You want to get cheap? I'll give you cheap. (laughs) I see see your cheap ones in there. Um, But I I really like Trey Lance this year. I think we all do. Um, He could break fantasy football. He could be like what Lamar Jackson did just with the cannon of the Calm down. Calm down. You know, I mean, he, he's a dual threat, but calm down with the Lamar Jackson MVP season comparisons. 
Lance has a better arm, and he's very athletic. He's Lamar Jackson that can pass. Okay, nobody's as athletic as Lamar motherfucking Stone Cold killer. Hey, uh, I'm pretty apolitical with my favorite NFL team. I haven't had one since I was a Tom Brady fanboy in New England. This year, in spite of Nick, we're getting off topic, but I I decided I'm a Ravens fan because he's a Steelers fan. I'm a Ravens fan, so he Ravens signed flock, up for disappointment. Baby. That's why. Uh, whatever. Uh, go back to Trey Lance, uh, the yeah. new Lamar Jackson, and then Brandon Ayuk. Okay, so I really like Trey Lance. Um, going as uh, the 109th pick off the board, uh, about ninth, tenth round. That's where you'll end up grabbing him. Brandon Ayuk, same thing. Um, he's going as the hundredth pick. Um, Ayuk is the cheapest receiving op- cheapest viable receiving option, I should say, in this offense. As Debo Samuel's going in the second round, and George Kittle in the fourth. Um, so grabbing Ayuk late, who has shown that he can be a stud receiver in the NFL, I think is a great move, especially if you plan on drafting Trey Lance, this stack could be super beneficial. Um, you're not paying much for Ayuk either. So he doesn't need to be started immediately. Once you take him, like you can sit him on your bench for the first week, two weeks until you start to see how this offense pans out. And then I feel like the price about them is the best part yeah you know, they're cheap. Expensive. and i really like Ayuka as a player i think that i mean last year yeah we all know that he was in the doghouse to start the season he's out now baby yep he's out he's going to be a very good receiver if he can stay unchained I, by kyle shanahan another thing about brandon Ayuk that is interesting is that um he can run the ball and we see debo samuel with 59 carries last year he doesn't like how much he's being used on the ground Perhaps Brandon Ayuk assumes some of that duties uh, as the yeah. Kyle Shanahan gadget player in the backfield. And Ayuk, has, I believe, has ran it eight plus times each of his first two seasons. Yeah. So I think he's someone that is warming up. Um, if you're taking your wide receiver four, he could be a good option. This wasn't a stack that I like had considered at all until looking at this. And I actually really like it, I think. Yeah, it's all upside, yeah. uh, limited cost. Yeah. Now it depends how high Trey Lance is going to go. That's I feel true, yeah. I feel like many leagues you're going to see one of your league mates reach for him and that potential. Um, so could it be rosterable? Perhaps. Yeah. Uh, you you're probably going to have to reach on Trey Lance. You want cheap? I'll show you cheap. Um, actually, this one's not quite as cheap as my last <laughs> one. But Justin Fields and Darnell Mooney is arguably my favorite stack. To roster fields is going in the 11th round early 11th round darnell mooney the wide receiver 29 in the back half of the sixth round it's all upside limited costs i mean i know darnell is going in the sixth maybe seventh round fields rushing upside could keep him inside the top 15 quarterbacks we saw him take over games with his legs that game against san fran he had that ridiculous 20 mm-hmm. plus yard rush touchdown and Darnell Mooney's sheer volume, 140 targets last year, uh, 27-ish percent target share last year. He could see, he could lead the league in receptions, tar- receptions or, yeah, and targets. Either. I don't think receptions. He's not that efficient. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fields is rather inaccurate, but um, both have crazy upside in their position. I feel like they're a cheap one that, Again, all upside, limited cost. I know you really like Darnell Mooney and Justin Fields. Um, Not that crazy about I know, Justin I know, Fields but, anymore, but I am crazy about Darnell. Yeah, so Darnell's going to get peppered. He's going to have a ton of targets. He's going to have a bunch of receptions as well due to this. Um, my only issue here is that 
when they're in scoring positions, it's going to be Fields running it in. And yes, you'll still get the points for that, but you won't get the stack points. Oh, and the okay. same, it's the same thing with Lance and IU. I'll take, I'll take six points. That's like, yeah, that's yeah. like the same thing as Darnell catching a 35, exactly. 40 yard bomb. It's the uh, same thing you, with the one that I yep, brought up. You get points out of it. Mm. Um, now, since Chicago's such a piss poor team, they're going to be losing quite a bit and they're going to be throwing it. Mm. And it's Justin Fields targets, Go from Darnell Mooney to Cole Komet to Velas Jones. Not not many good yeah. options beyond Mooney, and certainly none that can yeah. have the same level of playmaking he has. That's my favorite stat. And he year. will score more touchdowns than he did last year. What was it four last year? It was four. He's yeah. ran one and two, I believe. Oh, did so he? Okay. he had five total. <laughs> um, but still, I I think I had him at five and a half this okay. year. So I don't expect him to score much more, but it's still going to be more. He should score more. Okay. You got one more. Yes, I have one more stack here. Um, one that is a little more pricey just on the one end of it, and that is Jalen Waddle going in the fourth to the fifth and Tua going at, in the 12th to the 13th round at the 129th pick overall. So I like this one a lot. Yeah, what I like about this is Waddle is going to – it's similar to Fields and Mooney. Um, Waddle has showed last year that he is a, going to be a volume hog in this offense. Um, he got peppered with targets. Do you think that remains the case with Tyreek Hill? Yeah, I think that Tyreek doesn't really affect Waddle's role. Tyreek is has a different role in this offense. I think he's going to be more of a deep threat, um, a little more of a gadget player than Waddle just because of the athleticism see, that Tyreek has. I see something a little bit different. I don't think Tyreek's going to impact Joan Waddle's role. I think Mike McDaniel is going to impact okay. their roles. And I feel like both are going to be unleashed and used in a lot of variety. I don't think either are confined to deep threat and shallow, um, which could be a great thing in Jalen Waddle's mm-hmm. favor. He had a 4-2-7-40. Yeah. We, what we saw last year, too, was Tua looked for him in those short yardage pickups, like five yards to get a first down. That's who he looked to was Jalen Waddle. And um, in the red zone as well, there were oftentimes they would be on the three yard line and it's a screen to Jalen Waddle. And we might see Tyreek seep some of that. I think that's going to happen. They're going to feed both these guys, but Waddle's much cheaper than Tyreek. So that's what makes this stack more appealing is that you can get it. You, you only, you, you wait until the 13th round to take the second piece of it. So, and yeah. no one's really going after to attack a by low this season. So two is a great backup quarterback mm-hmm. this year. Same thing with Justin Fields. Both, I feel like, are all potential, um, little proof at this point in both of their careers. They're both very young. But Tua, this is a make-or-break year for him. Uh, he's got plenty of weapons at his disposal, completely new offense, good indicators so far in training camp mm-hmm. and whatnot. Um, but we'll see how he progresses. I think he, he'll do better than his QB 16 draft spot. I agree. Yeah, I'm I have Tua in best ball just because I really like the upside that he could have in a new newly formatted, possibly high powered offense. So I'm going to go dirt cheap. Well, again, it's not really dirt cheap because the one component. I really like this one. But Matt Ryan and Michael Pittman is my I said Justin Fields and Darnell Mooney is my favorite. I think Matt Ryan and Michael Pittman rival that. You're going to draft Michael Pittman in the late third, early fourth round, and Matt Ryan, you get in the 13th round. This is an affordable, great super flex duo. Ryan's rapport for supporting wide receiver ones, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Roddy White, um, it, it's there. He knows how to hyper-target someone 
and feed them to relevance as a top 10 wide receiver. Michael Pittman had 129 targets last year with the 32nd best target catch rate. Um, well, that indicates that Carson Wentz was like the worst starting quarterback for accuracy last year. Um, so I feel like their connection is going to be great. Michael Pittman has kind of a lockdown in that receiving core there's not really many great alternatives do you have anything to add on them um where do you have matt ryan finishing ahead of qb21 where he's going yeah i have him at qb18 um he's he again he's a great super flex at your second quarterback just because you know he's likely going to throw for 200 yards and two touchdowns every week there's Um, zero rushing upside but he's going to throw for it's going to be nothing flashy but he's going to make consistent stable outputs throughout the year he's Mm -hmm. he's entering what year like 15 16 of his career he knows how to win games and do his job and that's exactly what he's going to do and he's going to target michael Pittman a shit ton and it's a it's a stack that again you're not going to think about heading into your draft but why not take matt ryan as your backup quarterback if you already have michael don't leave him on waivers for someone else to grab as the season it's like you're deciding between matt ryan and mm, Ryan Tannehill, Jameis Winston. Yeah. Or the other who would receive her on the board be then like. What's that? What what receivers would be on the board then? Like these guys that you're picking. Yeah. Like you don't need to waste a pick on a receiver that you're going to drop immediately. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Um, So if you have Michael Pittman, same thing. If you have, oh, let's think of Jalen Waddle is a great example. If you have them and you're looking for a backup quarterback late in the draft, Draft their starting quarterback. Yeah. Why not? Uh, it's like the difference between dog shit and dog shit at that point. Um, some's mediocre dog shit, others good dog shit. Matt Ryan and Tua are good dog shit. I would say so. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna play a game. Um, this is called three clues. So we each are gonna give. Th- we don't obviously these are secretive to the other person. We have three clues describing an important player in fantasy football um and we're gonna see if we can we know who that is at the end of the three clues and with this we would like i tried orienting my clues um to kind of explain how i feel about this player so i'm I'm gonna go first are you ready i'm ready okay i've made three consecutive pro bowls i've missed six career games I have the second most rushing yards since 2018. Who am I? Three three straight Pro Bowls. Yep. Six total career games missed. Yep. And what was the last stat? Second most rushing yards since 2018. Um, man. You're on the clock. Yeah. Uh, we should time each other or something. But, um, oh, boy. That's five um, seconds. <laughs> Wait, give me uh, which what NFC AFC real quick. AFC. Three, two. D- Derrick Henry. Nope. <laughs> it is Nick Chubb. Can oh, you believe okay. he's only missed six career games? He's someone that yeah. we placed the tag of huh. injury prone. He's only missed six career games. I did not. I and did not have He's had that. the second most rushing yards since entering the league. I knew Derrick Henry was wrong too, just based off last season. But like I. Didn't know what to say. He has the most rushing yards wow. since 2018. Impressive. Um, so I'm low on Nick Chubb this year. I have mm-hmm. him at RB17. Um, I do believe I'm kind of weighing into his injury risk 
too much. Uh, now that I've looked at him career long wise, um, but I still feel like although he has the second most rushing yards and he's a great running back, I think his receiving floor is all the way at the bottom, even below ground. Yeah. And I, I think that is what forces him down to middle of the pack RB2. I'd love him as my RB2 if I could get him two rounds later or a round later yeah. than where he's going. Yeah. That's the issue with him. Okay, give me one. Okay, so this player was drafted in 2020. He wears my favorite color. And his team didn't win a game when he didn't have 100 yards last season. Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. Those so, people, I didn't want to say rushing yards, but that'd be more obvious. Is, is blue your favorite color, though? Yes. Okay. No, it's white. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I just learned something. I Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Any any uh, feeling about JT other than he's the best? JT. Don't draft him if you're in my league. Let him fall to me wherever I'm at. Okay. <laughs> That's it. Perhaps I have made mine a little bit too niche. Um, oh, boy. But no, here, mine are easy, I think. Okay. Here's my second one. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. I have 29 receptions since entering the league in 2019. So it's kind of like two blues. I'm one of four players that had 65 plus catches last year, and I scored 15% on 15% of my catches. And I'm being drafted nearly two rounds later than what I was last year. Who am I? Gee, that's a lot to process. 29 reception, yeah. receiving touchdowns since entering the league in 2019. Yeah. One of four players that had 65 catches and scored on 15% of them. He's being drafted two rounds later than a year ago. Oh boy. D. Higgins? No, but good guess. Um, DK Metcalf. Okay. All right. And, yeah. And so we are big Metcalf haters. Yes. DK but maybe we're like disrespecting him a little too much. I don't know. He had a very good second year. He had 1,300 yards. I don't remember the touchdown mark, to be honest. 12. But- 12 touchdowns is or maybe nine. I forget. 10, okay. something Whatever like it was, it was a good season. It was 10. Yeah. And it, he fell off last year with the absence of Russell Wilson. I almost said Russell Westbrook, with the absence <laughs> of Russell Wilson. And I don't expect him to really beat out what he did last year with four quarterbacks. So, guys. in the four games that Geno Smith filled in for Russell Wilson, DK was a wide receiver four. As insane as that was. Was he really? Huh. So does that change how you feel about DK Metcalf? No, I don't think he's a good receiver. Okay. Um, that's uh, that's a joke. I, he's a good receiver. I've just always – I've never really understood the hype around him. It's more of an eye test thing with me and DK. I just – he has bricks for hands. He's not very mobile when he – like not very agile, I should say. He's very fast, but he's not very agile, which makes me just not be as high on him. I feel like he's a very quarterback-dependent receiver. I'll summarize how I feel about DK and – Two sentences. So over the past two years, him and Tyler Lockett have been separated by less than nine points for the entire fantasy football season, last two years. One is being drafted at wide receiver 17 this year. The other is being drafted at wide receiver 37. Both underwent the same quarterback change. I feel like him and Lockett are going to meet somewhere in the middle of their current valuations. I think DK outscores Lockett, obviously. I, I, I don't I, think he's a top 24 receiver. No, it's 
it's just because he's he can be more useful to a less talented quarterback where Tyler Locker requires those. Give me one. Okay. So this player was drafted in 2018. He is considered to be one of the best wasted talents, and he had the fifth highest target share in 2021. 2021. At 28.4%. Oh, shoot. I know that number off somewhere. Biggest waste talent. At his position, I'll say. Oh, shit. One of the best wasted talents. Is it DJ Moore? Yes. Good Ooh, job. Damn. <laughs> that DJ was my Moore. hardest one, I thought. <laughs> yeah, that, that one was – I didn't realize he entered the league in 2018. I feel yeah. like he was – He's more of a veteran than that. Yeah. Not bad. Good he, guess. <laughs> he, he's someone that is in line for a career year. It might not be by much more than the past three years. Um, but I, I feel like Baker Mayfield's going to support a top 15 season from him. If he has that high of a target share with Baker, I don't see a world where he can finish outside of the top. Baker's 12. not that accurate of a quarterback. He's not. He's I'm not a big baker fan at all really i mean if you listen to the podcasts that we posted i've i've kind of shit on baker but i think that he's much better than sam darnold and with a 28 percent target share with sam darnold you change that quarterback name make it baker mayfield i think you have a much better season yeah i think dj moore is going to have more than 93 receptions if he sees 163 targets again all right um hit me Okay, so this one you're not going to get. <laughs> I switched teams over the off season. I'm one of five players with 10-plus goal line carries last year. I had the fifth most receiving yards by a running back in 2021. Who am I? Switch teams. I'm one of five players with 10-plus goal line carries. Yeah. Had the fifth most receiving yards by a running back last year. Chase Edmonds? No, but good guess. It's Chase Edmonds' replacement. Daryl Williams. Okay. Surprisingly, was one of five players with 10-plus goal line carries, and he had over 450 receiving yards. Um, We kind of forget that he can do it all, and maybe that puts a little bit more pressure on James Conner to stay on the field. Um, I think James Conner is way better than Mm -hmm. Williams. He's much more efficient towards the goal line. Mm -hmm. I like James Conner a lot. I think that he's the go-to guy when they're trying to score, and he's going to have a ton of touchdowns again. Maybe not as many as he did last year. Not 18, 18. but probably 14. Yeah, that's still very usable. Okay. Okay, so now we're into my easy ones, and you already got (laughs) the other ones. All right, this player was drafted in 2019. He is questionably better than his competition, and he had a career year last year and was fifth in juke rate. Drafted in 2019, questionably better than his competition. Career year last year, fifth in juke rate. Tony Pollard. Yep. Woo, I'm on fire, baby. I got these. Come on. That's why I like Tony Pollard a lot as yep. my RB3. Um, he's electric with the ball in his hand. He had the highest breakaway run rate last year at eight and a half, or maybe third highest. Either way, eight and a half percent of his runs went for 15 plus yards. Pretty crazy. And we talked about important um, handcuffs. He's one of the most important handcuffs as he's not really even a handcuff. He's a pricey handcuff. I feel like I'm going to leave a lot of dress with him regardless. Similar to how I see AJ Dillon and Kareem Hunt. I feel like they're like one B's, not Mm -hmm. handcuffs. Um, This is my last one. I had zero drops in 2021. 
I'm experiencing a quarterback change. I've never made a Pro Bowl as a wide receiver, despite having three consecutive 1,000 receiving yard seasons. Wow. Three 1,000 yard seasons. Never made a Pro Bowl. No drops. And a QB change. Yep. It's like five clues. Yeah, that's a lot of clues. And it's still hard. What QBs? Brandon Cook. No, no, he didn't have Q. Never mind. Change my answer. Um, You're going to feel stupid after this. Deontay? He's made a Pro Bowl. He made it last year. Nope. Um, Tyler Lockett. Gosh, we were just talking about this. Yep. And that's why I did it. <laughs> no. Um, just to resemble, one, how great and underrated He's Tyler Lockett is as a wide receiver. So he made one as a special team as his okay. rookie year. Um, but never as a wide receiver, despite having 36 touchdowns over the past four years and three consecutive thousand yard seasons, he's never made as a receiver. Did you specify that what? as a receiver? Yes. Oh, damn it. <laughs> I was going to yep. complain about um, the question. So he, like <laughs> him and DK are experiencing the same quarterback change. Lockett has sure hands. He had zero drops last year. Maybe that's a sign of him and Russell Wilson having great connection. Maybe not. I just feel like their value should align somewhere in the middle where they're being drafted at. I like Tyler, Tyler Lockett at wide receiver 37. I feel like he's better than that. Yeah, I like him a lot. I'm just too scared of the offense. Yes, yeah, I agree. In a way. Okay, so for my last one, I don't even want to ask this one. It's like embarrassingly easy. Okay, so I was drafted in 2017. I'm debatably the better pay- player at my position on my team. And I had a number two overall finish once. Hmm. I don't know. Chris Godwin. Oh, 2017? Yeah, Yeah, I guess. He's old. I'm getting old. Okay. Yeah. I stumped you. Let's go. You did one one. for four. What what was the last one? What was the last clue? Had a he had a one. Two. Yes, he did. Yeah. Yes, he did. Yeah. The year Michael Thomas was the mm-hmm. number one, 2019. That was fun. I feel like we should have a that entire, was fun, an entire episode on that. Which yeah, uh, we could do that. We will. Yeah. That's gonna wrap it up. Follow us on TikTok, Twitter, Facebook at Wagney Fantasy. What else should they do? Uh, subscribe. subscribe to our newsletter. Yep. <laughs> the, <laughs> the the New York Times of fantasy football. Winning with Flag Me. It's yep. going to be the newsletter that's going to get you ready for your draft day. It's going to have all tools, um, you know, running back risk scores, positional tiers, uh, sleepers, everything you need to get ready for your draft. And then in season, we're going to have news reports every week. Starting sit-ems. It's going to be the New York Times. Subscribe at our website, wagmefantasy.com. That is all. Have a good weekend.